best way to get you going. Go, 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 go. This, this, this is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabira Sheikh only on the Voice of the Cape. So 7.32 is where we're at this morning. If you've just joined us, welcome. Good to have you in our company. We move along now to our next feature. Now, of course, you know, with all this talk that is doing the rounds in terms of the approaching third wave um, over the next few weeks. I mean, we thought, you know, we'd get this conversation going in terms of the state of readiness um, of our burial societies, our burial groups, etc. We know with the second wave, you know, it just literally hit everyone. Um, And G and I had like one of the toughest jobs in terms of coming here every morning and, you know, just with the number of janazas that were taking place during um, the second wave and how many people, family, friends we lost. Exactly. Due to the second wave, it was just something else. And then, of course, we know that the undertakers, our Muslim undertakers, also faced many challenges during the second wave. I mean, they had to learn as they went along um, and, you know, sort of just make things happen so to speak so we thought in terms of now knowing that there would be a possible third wave you know how exactly are they preparing joining us online this morning western cape muslim undertakers associations ibrahim solomon Assalamu alaikum good morning and thank you so much for joining us mr solomon Wa alaikum salam to you, uh, Sabra and Gulam, and to your listeners. So, of course, you know, having said what we just said with regards to, you know, the readiness of our burial societies and groups, you know, firstly, what is what is the talk at the moment with regards to, you know, the pending third wave, so to speak? Sabra, I, I don't know how one can prepare for something that mm. we don't know what's going to happen. You know, with the first with the first wave of COVID, um, we kind of like felt our way through everything. Mm. When the second wave came, it hit us. And, you know, with the first wave, we would find people going into hospital and being in hospital for a week to three weeks, some, sometimes three months. Mm. With the second wave, you would... Uh, well, I, I, I had people that was informant on, on documents, of of somebody today and two three days later that somebody else had to be the informant on their yeah. uh, um, documents. Mm. That's just how quick they went. I mean, we had up to um, uh, amongst the undertakers uh, forty janazas per day mm-hmm. um, going through at the wrong road. Uh, uh, I, I, I remember um, your reporter was out there yes. seeing the hearses going. I mean, we we, we we never slept, uh, was going day and night, going mm-hmm. going day and night. So the, the the preparation towards the third wave that we don't even know how it's going to come mm-hmm. is, is difficult for us. So the only preparation we can make is to stock up as far as Kappa is concerned because of that we also ran out in the second wave. Um, uh, it was it was just in the time of, of over the over the over um, the holiday period where the planks that we used to put into the grave, um, we ran out of planks and we had to, we had to borrow from, from, from undertaker to undertaker mm. to be able to, to, to service the community. Mm. So, so this is, and another thing is that we are fast running out of burial space. Mm. And uh, um, that's a, a huge problem for us because uh, um, already our, our very, very popular grave, grave site in, in um, Clip Road, mm-hmm. it's full. Mm. So, 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 
Now, with regards to, we will get to the burial space um, in a moment. I just want to know in terms of lessons learned from the second wave. I mean, Mr. Solomon's just mentioned now um, that, you know, kafan and things like that you were running out of. Um, with regards to the third wave, you know, that we might see over the next few weeks in terms of, you know, stocking up, etc. But also with regards to the places, you know, that can be utilized. Like you mentioned, Taranga Road was one and I know there was one other. Are we looking at having, you know, further facilities that are you know following protocols according to COVID? There is apparently places that uh, Musami Masjid in Cravenby was one of them that was mm. nominated. There's uh, a, a facility in Tafelsuch that is being used and uh, like I said when I spoke to environmental health uh, recently mm. they said to me it's not really the facility that needs to be um, uh, COVID uh, compliant. Mm. It is the undertaker itself to be compliant as far as how he goes about in uh, in following the protocol. Mm-hmm. So, so if 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 we can if we can make sure that the the undertakers are following the protocols, then the facilities at the other massages can also be used. And I know that Bridgetown is being used, and Tafelstar is being used. And some other other places are also being used because mm. um, Taranga Road and 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 and, and Usami is is basically um, uh, overcrowded when it comes to when it came to the to the second wave. Now, with regards to you know currently the undertakers at present, you know and and. You know, how they're preparing as well. You know, is everyone on the same page? Also, there has been or there was a concern, you know, during the second wave with regards and I think from the start of COVID in terms of the pricing and the costs associated with a COVID janazah. You know, is that being re-looked at perhaps? Well, um, there has been numerous messages going around on Facebook and things like that about prices. But uh, Sabira, I, I can I can for one. I can for one say that I am not going to take any chances. Up till today, uh, we we don't really know how the virus are being spread. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, uh, m- many people have said that I overkill when it comes to to the PPE and et cetera, et cetera. And many other undertakers also follow that pre- uh, um, uh, precautions, precautionary measures. Basically, to safeguard themselves and safeguard um, their, their family. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we've got to come home and we've got to go back to our families and go back into the community. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as pricing is concerned, I, 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 there is nothing that we, can, we as undertakers can do as far as the prices of the, of the, 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 the cover, the, the, the whole is. Yeah. The holes are have a stipulated price, so we can't do anything as far as that price is concerned. We can re- maybe reduce as far as the uh, services of the hearse and the and and uh, etc. And because we're buying in bulk now, um, we can reduce the prices slightly. But um, uh, for, 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 from 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 my burial society side, a seven thousand rand, including a hole, is very minimal. Oh. And, 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 and we've tried to, 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 mm. to, to break down the cost as far as we possibly can. Or we, we take, the, 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 we take the, 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 the hole away from that. Four and a half thousand rand 
or 4,000 rand for a janaza um, uh, is, 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 is very little. Okay, some would disagree. However, I want to ask, um, in terms of what you alluded to a little earlier on with regards to burial space um, and our makbaras filling up rapidly, we also know that the city allocated space at the Maitland makbara. Has this assisted in some way? Yes, it has. It has because um, now uh, we've, we've got to go, we've got to drive that, that uh, way to go and um, bury there because the Kailicha um, uh, uh, Cemetery, which is uh, on the uh, borders, Mitchell's Plain and Kailicha, that is, that is full. Um, Clip Road has only got full monumental hold, which is fast um, uh, filling up, uh, which, uh, if I say a full monumental hold or, or a public grave, which cost you 2,250 rand uh, compared to the, to the normal cemetery, um, uh, city cemetery prices of 920 rand. Um, so Maitan would be the closest, but we've got, we've got Valmut, we've got the uh, um, the cemetery there, uh, and all, all, all the other city cemeteries that has uh, Muslim allotments. It, it really is um, uh, uh, putting, taking, taking that strain away from, from uh, us as undertakers going out and looking for, for, for alternative burial spaces. We've, we've got our normal um, Mulberry, or our, our most popular Mulberry Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, as we all know, for years now, Johnson Road has been, 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 been closed for, for new, new burials. They've only, they're only doing um, reopenings. And then we've got the Constantia uh, and and Musenberg uh, cemeteries. Okay, and then finally, you know, as it stands, you know, will our Muslim undertakers be able to cope um, with the third wave? I mean, we don't want to insinuate anything, we don't want to predict anything, but we know, learning from what we did during the second wave, that it comes hard. Um, so, are we saying that we are reading ourselves and we will be able to handle a worst case scenario? Uh, inshallah, I believe that 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 we are are equipped. And we will be able to handle the, um, the third wave, right. inshallah. Inshallah. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, Mr. Ibrahim Solomon, Western Cape Muslim Undertakers Association, speaking to us this morning in terms of them readying themselves for the incoming third wave. Of course, prior to the ad break, we were just speaking with regards to, you know, our Muslim undertakers, their state of readiness for the incoming third wave. Um, you know, are they going to be able to meet and, you know, overcome the various challenges that they did with regards to the second wave but also we thought we'd get comment from the city of Cape Town as well joining us online this morning Councillor Zahid Badruddin the city's MAKO member for health and community services Assalamu alaikum good morning good to be chatting once again Zahid Yes, Waalaikumsalam, good to be with you. Now, of course, you know, with regards to the incoming third wave, perhaps let's start off um, by understanding, you know, in terms of what we've been telling our listeners time and time again with regards to we know there would be a third wave. However, you know, it's up to us in order to, as to how severe that third wave might be. How is the city doing in terms of preparation also with regards to burial space that we have just been discussing? So the city's obviously learned a lot through the first and the second wave. Um, in the first wave, we already knew that 
um, the relationship with the with the undertaker society, communication with uh, the residents in terms of uh, the regulations that the government had implemented was key because we needed to use all of the stakeholders as partners to make sure that any bottlenecks or any challenges, obstacles could be avoided through the burial process, whether it's body collections or even just the actual the burial of the individual. We also knew that with the expected um, numbers, with the expected infection rate that was being projected, especially in the first wave, you will remember it was much, much higher than what actually happened, that the city had to get its ducks in a row, make sure that we have enough space uh, for, for burials um, in the city so that we could still ensure that we were able to bury individually instead of this mass graves that was happening uh, at this time of level five across the world. We knew that preparing uh, and dying and death is a very uh, important part of, of many, many cultures and religions. And mm. so we needed to respect the dignity, not only of the deceased, but uh, the, 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 the seriousness of the situation for the families. So in terms of what we've learned, we, we've, uh, we've actually learned quite a bit. We've uh, streamlined the process in terms of communicating. We have, we have regular meetings with the Undertaker Society so that we are able to hear from them what their challenges are. But also, more importantly, we were able to identify very early on a number of cemeteries where we could rapidly expand um, our burial spaces. And also, more recently, in the second wave, we were able to open up the additional uh, Muslim allotment in Maitland, uh, but also the successful outcomes of our engagements with the MJC and uh, other national departments to to. Uh, uh, to help open up eventually again uh, the Stegman Road Cemetery uh, as well. Mm. Just in terms of, you know, what uh, Mr. Solomon was mentioning, with many of our Makbaras are reaching capacity pretty soon or have already reached that capacity. And then obviously we saw um, at the end of the th- second wave, the Maitland Makbara, like you mentioned, um, being allocated as well. You know, should we see this third wave? I mean, we we were given figures of 40 janazas per day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, is, is the allotment that has been given sufficient to deal with this number? Should we go into the third wave? And should we see the worst case scenario? So I think we must look at the the third wave, the timing of the third wave, but we must also uh, speak about this in the context of the vaccination program happening at the same time. So we we also know that, uh, unfortunately, the vaccination program isn't progressing as speedily as what national government had hoped for, but it will have a positive impact nonetheless should we be able to continue vaccinating at the rate that reaches uh, the herd of population immunity that is uh, required uh, for for the country to be protected. But in terms of uh, being able to cope with the expected deaths uh, in in the third wave, I, I believe that we will be able to cope. Our systems have held, um, have held very well in both the first and second wave. We were seeing up to 800 deaths a day uh, at one stage. And so whilst uh, we may anticipate that the numbers may be similar or slightly higher. We do have measures in place in terms of uh, body storage facilities, uh, 
in terms of uh, the ongoing town halls that we have with our undertaker society colleagues, but also to continue to identify additional land for burial spaces, which have already been done. When we met with the MJC, we advised that uh, about 40 land parcels at the moment are at various stages of investigation, uh, being taken through the environmental impact assessments, the various applications, etc. But uh, if we if we consider uh, some of the the applications that are that are far advanced, uh, one particularly in the rest of Strand, we we will hopefully be able to open that soon or in time for a third wave, which is expected to come around about uh, May. But again, as you said at the very beginning, we can push May out as far as possible if we work together, and that obviously means masks, social distancing, and washing. You know, this weekend there were some anti-vaxxers, anti-mask mm. protests in the city, which obviously doesn't help the cause and really just makes it very difficult, especially at the time now when residents are tired, you know, COVID-19 has been here for almost a year in a couple of days. Uh, and so we, our appeal is to continue with the, the COVID messaging, the COVID behavior, but the partnership between residents, local government, national and provincial government is key if we're going to keep the numbers, both in terms of infections and deaths, as low as possible. Sahir, I mean, we've just come out of a long weekend. I know in the mm. next week and a half or so, we're going to see the Easter weekend happening. And then it's the month of Ramadan. And, you know, there mm. has been comment around, you know, these events being super spreaders. In terms mm. of the city, you know, and, and, and them in communication with these communities, the Muslim community, your Christian communities, etc., and mm. conscientizing them on, yes, it is, you know, a very spiritual time, etc., mm. but that, you know, we are in a pandemic. What is the city doing? So the city here works very closely with province in actual fact. Both the mayor uh, and provincial government have these religious forums that engage very regularly around the challenges that they may be dealing with uh, regarding COVID-19. But also it's a very useful forum for government on both spheres to, to share the latest information, the latest guidelines, regulations with those forums. And then also a space where we then appeal to the religious leaderships, no matter what the denomination may be, for their assistance in educating um, the, 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 um, the worshippers, whether you're in a temple, in a mosque, or in a synagogue or church. All of us have to use whatever platform we have available to uh, communicate with the residents in whichever way uh, it may be. So I think in, in this instance, the, the religious forum uh, is, is very, very useful. Um, again, regular feedback updates from uh, those um, stakeholders that share with us those challenges. And then we as a local government are able to come in with environmental health uh, to do various educational um, opportunities or educational um, uh, periods where we either go to, let's call it maybe uh, a Sunday school or, or madrasa where they'd open and they're able to, or they want us to come. We've done that already in some communities because what we find is that we've been in the space for so long that sometimes individuals forget uh, the, the key messages that I've, uh, that, I've just that I've just mentioned. So those continuous stakeholder engagements, the continuous educational platforms that we have, very key. And then also we are 
obviously see uh, the the um, COVID-19 hotline number wherever we go uh, so that those individuals are able to uh, report whatever uh, infringements they may worry about to be concerned about in their various communities. Because I always say when I, when I speak to residents that uh, government would love to be everywhere all the time to help every individual, but we can't do that unless residents work with government to be able to identify some of these concerns. And so we've seen, again, in the second wave, uh, communities across the city really making use uh, of the hotline uh, to, to be able to uh, report various infringements, which does help because it shows the community that we're serious about preventing the spread of COVID-19. Um, and again, I think as we move to the projected third wave period in May, uh, that again, this messaging is very important for us because uh, we want to let residents know that we're there to work with them. Absolutely. Well, Zaid, thanks so much for joining us on air this morning and, of course, providing that update uh, to us. That was Maker Member for Community Services and Health, Councillor Zaid Budgeti.